0: Lord, thank you, God. We believe in you and your power. I believe, God, you will be coming home. And, Lord, I know that there has been many things that you have done. Your fingerprints are all over. And as Lance was saying, some way, somehow, you could have healed her right away, but you have some sovereign plan, and I know he's trusting you. But it's hard. So I pray for him that you give him strength and faith and help him to keep his eyes locked upon you, Jesus, that he may walk on water. Pray for Kathy's healing, Lord, that you would heal her completely and perhaps it, it, it's, it's better she's under right now until the final surgery, God, and then uh, perhaps that's when you're going to do that miracle. She'll wake up and she'll be able to uh, go through the recovery and rehab and be able to come home soon. So We just pray for that. We pray for those who go over the family. Lord, we pray uh, for just safety, comfort, and peace. So we lift Kathy up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we have a few announcements, too, before we get into this morning's message. uh, As you know, the first Sunday of the month, we do partake in communion together. So at the end of the message, we will be uh, having a time of communion with the bread and cup. And, uh, you know, what better way to start this new year, yeah, uh, to come on the first Sunday to remember what Christ has done on the cross and seek Him in that way and honor Him. So we're going to be doing that at the end, uh, the last part of our message. Also, uh, this Saturday, we're starting up our prayer meeting Saturday at 4 p.m. I know Lisa's been calling it. Sorry. Sorry, Lisa. Not yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the memo right there. But, um, anyway, four o'clock, our house in Pukalani. If you like, come join us. We have a prayer meeting from four to five, right before dinner. So you know it's okay. You can go pray and then go go eat or whatever you do. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, as maybe some of you have realized, that we have changed our starting time for Sunday morning service to nine thirty. So if you were here early, it's okay. No shame. Maybe you didn't know. But hey, you got the fellowship, right? What's wrong with that? But I do encourage you guys to come. Uh, again, 9.30 is our new start time. We're going back to pre-COVID like times and uh, and all of that. So our new start time is 9.30. Guys, this Saturday, uh, 7.30 a.m. right here, we have our Saturday morning men's breakfast. So you guys can come. It's been a great time. And Fellowship, eating, of course, the the word and prayer time, but also um, what we've been focusing in on is spiritual maturity. So we've been uh, really hitting different subjects on that in the word. So I invite you guys to come, join us in the word, and then we're gonna we have a really good discussion too. So join us in that this Saturday. And then next week's Sunday, last announcement, is um, next week's Sunday is our Ohana potluck, the second Sunday of the month. So if you got something to share, bring it. Um, uh, be sure, you know, we're going to be sure to eat it, so no shame, it'll get eaten. Uh, the church will provide a main meal, but if you want to bring something like that, or a side, or dessert, yeah, I mean... Um, you know, bring that. But you're welcome to bring something, and immediately after the service, we'll clear out the chairs, put up tables, and then we're going to eat together and fellowship together. And I really believe it's something that God really wants us to do as we can fellowship. I mean, some of you just go in and out here, but here's a time to stop and stay and get to know one another. And it's just like the early church, how they broke bread, quote unquote, together, uh, where they're able to fellowship. And, and, and I believe it's part of how the Holy Spirit unites us as a church body and, and church ohana. So anyway, I invite you guys um, to do that. If you don't bring something, I know you guys, you guys like, oh, I'm not going to stay because I never brought anything i I know, but you know there's plenty there, and we and it's okay, no shame if you didn 't bring anything i won 't call you out or point to you no i won 't do that just 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 come and fellowship that 's what we really want. We really want you know to sit together and 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 Talk story and get to know one another. Fellowship. And, and I encourage you, even, you know what? Pray. Pray for one another during those times. Yeah, it's not just me who pray for people or Pastor Stephen. It's, it's, it's all of us. We are here for one another. All right. Any other announcements, you could uh, look on our bulletin that we handed out. Or you could go online to our site and see it all there uh, if if it keeps updated, which I'm trying to do. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> it should be good. Well, this morning, um, let's get right into our message, all right? This morning, um, if you can turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 Corinthians 13. Now, let me back up for a moment. Last week, we started a New Year's Series, and that's what I'm calling it. Last week I mentioned, usually, you know, right before New Year's or right around that time, I do a special New Year's message, but I really felt led this year to do a series. So this series is actually a five week series starting last week all the way into the month of January, and then we'll start a new book to study. As you know, before that we studied through Jonah, and before that, where were we? 1st, 2nd Peter. And so we're making our way through the books of the Bible, study them verse by verse, chapter by chapter. But right now, I I really felt led that God is calling us to study 1 Corinthians 13, and as you know, that chapter is well known for love, right? Some of you have used it in your weddings or read those scriptures. I use it in weddings that I perform. So for 2024, I feel like God is really calling us, wanting us to grow and wanting us to learn what love really is, and i 'm talking about god 's love so for for our new year 's series i 'm calling it the love that touches others, the love that touches others first Corinthians thirteen now we started last week, and our outline for first Corinthians thirteen is this, and it is number one, what is love, what is not love, number three, what is love devoted to, and number four. What is love's lifespan? And so last week, we started with the first part. What is love? Uh, And we talked about that, how we define love in the Bible. It's translated from the word agape, almost all the time you read in the New Testament, it's agape, and it means that unconditional love. So we define that. And last week, we talked about how, what is love? Well, the answer, the second answer to that question is love is important, that as believers, as Christians, and uh, we we need to have this love to be that witness in the world. And then we're going to go on here today to number two in our outline, what is not love? And then on to what is love is devoted to and what is love's lifespan. But today, we're going to go on to number two in our outline, what is not love. And we're going to continue on in our study here in First Corinthians 13. Now, now what is not love, it's going to, we're going to be doing this in two parts, this Sunday and next Sunday. And if you missed last Sunday, well, you can always go back or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, go to our YouTube channel or Facebook you catch the service again. Um, but fast forward to worship cuz you'll hear all my mistakes. But just, no no just, but anyway, however uh, you know you want to start but you know let's really allow God to speak to our hearts in this topic, in this area in our lives that we need help in. We all do. I mean I was telling you last week this is for me. I was telling my wife she's in Keiki Church right now, but last week I was saying, "Oh, you know, I, I, this is for me." And she's like, "Oh, no, for me, you know." But I think we all we all need it, right? So today we are on part two of the love that touches. Others, And we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians 13 from 4b, the second part of verse 4, to the first part of verse 5. Just a little section here. And we're going to answer the question, what is not love? But let's pray one more time. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for this chapter. Thank you that it's in here, in the Bible, and it's in our hands today because you want to speak to us. And I pray your Holy Spirit would speak and we would have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. So Lord, here we are, open, attentive to you, God. Move upon us, change us, help us to grow. Anoint this time with your Spirit in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. I read about this wife. She woke up one morning and turned to her husband and said, Honey, I know you love me because I had a dream that you bought me a new gold necklace. What do you say to that? What do you think that means? Well, the husband turns over and says, Well, I don't know, but you know what? Valentine's Day is coming soon. Then you'll know. Well, few nights later, the wife wakes up again, having another dream, and she wakes the husband. Honey, honey, I know you love me. This time I dream you gave me a beautiful pearl necklace. What do you think that means? Well, the husband, still half asleep, said, I don't know, but Valentine's is coming, and you'll know then. Well, on the morning of Valentine's Day, once again, the wife wakes up and wakes the husband up and says, Honey, 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 I know you love me. I had another dream last night, and this time you placed around my neck a beautiful, incredible diamond necklace. What do you think that means? Well, this time the husband answered quickly, Don't worry, don't worry, you'll know tonight. That evening, the husband comes home from work and with a package in his hands and gives it to his wife. The wife excitedly, hurriedly opens up the package and she opens the gift to find inside a book. A book entitled The Meaning of Dreams. I like that. Well, I would say the wife is going to tell her husband that's not what love is, right? That's not what love is. What is not love? What is that? What is it? Well, we're going to find out today in this first part of this uh, going over in our outline today. What is not love? And let's begin here in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4, but the second part. It says, love does not envy we'll stop there. Love does not envy. So the first thing I want you to see, we're going to find four things, what is not love. The first answer, love is not envious. The Love is not envious. Now, uh, when it says here, does not envy, the original Greek word for envy really means a strong desire to have what someone else has. So, uh, you know, you want this thing, right? The NLT actually translates this, love is not jealous. So let's put it in our words. Love is not envious. Love is not jealous. Love doesn't get jealous. For if you think about it, that really comes from thinking of yourself only, right? Not the good of the other person, but thinking of yourself. Remember, we define love as, as agape love, of this unconditional love, of this self-sacrificing, giving, selfless kind of love. I mean, it's the highest form of love. We learned about that. And, and, and we got to put that into our lives because you know what? Envy, when we cater to envy, it's just the opposite of what this true godly love is envy is not love but it's full-on self-seeking right it's full-on self-gain so what is not love well love is not envious envious is the opposite of a selfless love envy brings out really if you think about it bad choices bad actions it really brings out the ugly self think about in genesis chapter 4 right where envy murdered Abel. Or think about Genesis chapter 37, where envy drove the brothers of Joseph to take him, right? Mistreat him, enslave him, and sell him, their own brother. Because of what? Envy. We just studied Acts 17 last Wednesday, and we saw that it was the envy of the Jews that... Fueled them to persecute Paul to try and stop the preaching of the gospel. It was, it was envy. And we understand it was envy that put Jesus on the cross, right? Matthew 27, 18 says, Out of envy uh, that the Jews delivered him up. It was because of that envy, that jealousy. So that is not love. We should have no part of that. Uh, we should have none of that inside of us. Love is not envious. Um, it, it's not about what, you know, being envious about what someone does or what someone has. But actually, it should be the opposite. We should be happy for them, right? But envy and jealousy, it leaks out, doesn't it? When, when you say things like, I want what someone else has. You ever thought that? Ever had that inside you? Uh, this is what recall, right? I mean, quote-unquote, keeping up with the Joneses, right? It's that obsession, right? That you got to have that fancy car like they have. You got to have, make your house nice like they have their house nice. You got to have the things they have, or or even it it, it goes into, well, I got to keep up that image, yeah? I got to keep that social status and popularity. Listen, this is not Love. What, what does God tell us, right, in Philippians? That we should be content with what God has given us. Not always envious of this other guy and other thing. No, I just want someone else has. That's envy, jealousy, leaking out. Or it's like, I wish they didn't have what they have. Yeah? And that eats you up because they got this thing. And, you, and you're, oh, I wish they didn't have that. You know, there's an ancient story of a Greek wrestler who was super jealous of this other wrestler named Theogonus. And he was this famous wrestler. He was known as, quote, Prince of Wrestlers. He was the, 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 the you know, first place, strongest guy, everything. But uh, Theogonus had died, but in honor of him, they erected the statue. So this jealous wrestler, he couldn't take it. It was eating him up. He couldn't go wrestle him. So you know what? He'd go out actually every night and wrestle the statue. That's how, that's how crazy he was. In, in this envious competitive way, right? That, that's that envy competition kind of thing that starts getting inside of you and, and starts eating you up. So he'd go out every night, wrestle the statue. And then one night, the statue fell upon him and he died. <laughs> It's so sad. This is not love. It's just this envious competition, right? Uh, uh, that sometimes even the other person doesn't know they're competing with you, or maybe they do, right? This is not love. This is not, think about it this way. You're not rooting for the other person, yeah? You're, you're not rooting for the good of others. Envy, Jealousy. It leaks out when we say, oh, I want what someone has, or or, I wish they didn't have what they have. But also, sadly, you know what envy does? Envy says, I want evil to come upon them. That's sad. When envy, jealousy turns into that, into this anger, into this animosity, into this hate i was recently reading a couple of years back a woman in texas was dating a man for about a month she ended up burning down his house crazy this article said you know what he wasn't home he went she went in um well the reason why she burned a house down was when a facetime call her facetime call was answered by another woman So she flew into this jealous rage, went to the boyfriend's house. He wasn't home with his daughter, uh, stole some things, and then burned the house down and set it on fire. Well, it turned out this other woman on a FaceTime call was a relative. It's sad. This is not love. This is wishing and doing evil on someone else, which is really envy at its worst. So what is not love? Love is not envious. Let's go to number two. Love is not boastful. Love is not boastful. We read here in 1 Corinthians 13, it goes on in verse 4, or boast. Love does not boast, basically. Love does not brag. Love does not talk, uh, uh, talk themselves up in that way it's not trying to one up another person or even some people put down a person right to lift themselves up that's not what love is that's not what agape is agape is not about voicing your greatness but you know it's counting others greater than yourself. That that's really love. Take a moment and turn over to the right to Philippians chapter 2. And apostle Paul talks about this. Turn to Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, Philippians 2, verse 3. And here Paul is really Voicing how we should be, how the Philippian church should be, and and really later he goes on to that. This is how Christ was, but Philippians two, verse three says, "Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves." This, I'm teaching out of the ESV, and I, I love how that reads. How uh, uh, count others more significant than yourself. I like those words. So, so with that in mind, love is not boastful. It, 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 it is a more uh, interested in the other person. It's more like thinking of that person rather than yourself or pushing yourself. Have you ever, let me say this, have you ever caught yourself in a conversation, in this relationship, in this conversation, you're talking story, and they're saying some things, but you're only half listening. You know why? Because you're formulating in your mind what you want to say. Have you ever caught yourself doing that? Have you ever missed what the other person is saying? Because you're you're thinking, well, I want to have my say. I want to say what I want to say. I want to share my story and maybe one-up their experience, perhaps. Maybe you want to show you're better. Or you want to say what you want, and you're not really listening to them. You're just getting ready to just just say what you want and, and step on them, basically. You want to boast yourself. And you know, sometimes people like that turn into really a bully, yeah? They just bully their way into what they want to say. Well, this is not love. What does the Bible tell us in James? We should be listening more and speaking less, right? That's what's important. We're, it's not all about us or me, right? We're not like the center of the party. And you know what? I, I feel like that, that when we're like that, and I'm including me too, when we're like that, we're alienating that other person. We're making them feel unimportant. That's not love. We're we're, we're pushing our things. And what we want, that's not Love. love. There's an old story of Teddy Roosevelt, the 26th president of the United States. And his daughter, Alice Roosevelt, said that he always had to be the center of attention. And she wrote this, My father has to be the bride at every wedding and the corpse at every funeral. It's told at one wedding where he gave away the bride, as soon as he entered the room, he made sure all the attention was on him, not the bride and groom. And when he left to go and eat, uh, everyone left with him, leaving the bride and groom standing there all alone. How sad is that? That's not love, you guys. What is not love? Love is not boastful. Love is not envious. Let's go to the third thing. Love is not arrogant the third attribute here love is not arrogant we read here now at the end of verse 4 um, it is not arrogant so love it is not arrogant so it's not um love does not envy or both love is not arrogant now arrogant we know what that means being prideful right um now What's the difference, though? Isn't boastful and prideful kind of similar? Yeah, it is. But let me put it this way. Being boastful is talking big about yourself. Being arrogant is thinking big about yourself. That's what it's really about. Being arrogant and boastful, they go hand in hand. But I feel like what drives and motivates the arrogance that, uh, that comes out in this boastful talk is that pride as we've been talking pride lifts up self but love lifts up the other that's what paul is trying to define and clarify here in first corinthians 13 now there was a problem with the corinthian church and uh we did a whole study on this years ago we went through the whole bible actually we're we're going back through the bible now but um when we study first Corinthians, uh, if you 're here, if you remember the corinthians they had a they had a problem. they are very prideful. they thought they were so spiritual, above others in spirituality, superior because of how they exercise their gifts, how oh we speak in tongues and uh, and so they they were very prideful that they knew all these things and and the knowledge God had given them. So Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 8 verse 1, he says, you know, you guys got to be careful because the scripture says, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up, basically. And that's the problem. Is Sometimes we think we know, we think we're superior spiritually, and we get mixed up even in showing love. And then we end up tearing down the other person rather than building them up. So, just because you know doesn't mean that you are so spiritual. You know what Paul is basically saying in this chapter? You want to be spiritual? You really want to be godly? Then you got to love. That's what's important. You got to love. Love is not arrogant here. Richard uh, Sibis, a Puritan, said this We are as we love, not as we know. I think that's really good. So, love is not arrogant rather than lifting up yourself in your thinking we need to be lifting up others in our heart that, that that that's really the idea and i was thinking you know many times we get caught up on something in our minds and we come at it that way without any heart yeah we just come in and our our mind will 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 mislead our heart in these ways it, it We convince ourselves in our mind that this is it, this is what it's got to be. And then you come out real heavy on other people and it blinds you to how self-exalting you really are. This is not love. This is not having humility with one another. Remember that Paul said in Ephesians 5 that we are to be submitting to one another in humbleness. I mean that's the attitude as we come in that's how to love. As yeah, we got to talk about things. Yeah, we fellowship, but we cannot be arrogant about it. We got to be humble. We got to put self to the side. Warren Wiersbe said the humble person is not one who thinks meanly or humbly of himself. He simply does not think of himself at all. I like that. Yeah. That's what really being humble is. You know, some, t- some of you are, are really good at, at counseling or giving biblical advice, and sometimes you're, you're always doing that. But some people seem to do that in a prideful way. It, it, it seems like they're motivate, motivated by that. Some people are like, well, look how good I am. Look how much I help this other person. And, and you feel spiritual in that way. And define all of that as, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm so loving, but really you're just showing off. And maybe the things you say is good, but it's still what's underneath, right? Like Jonah. What really drove Jonah? What was really motivating him underneath? Well, it's still about you. It's still about being arrogant about yourself. And sometimes, yeah, it's better to say nothing, yeah? Sometimes in our arrogance, we say too much, don't we? I read about an elderly man who had just uh, lost his dear wife of many decades, and uh, a four-year-old boy heard him sobbing next door in his backyard, and so the four-year-old boy went over to this elderly man. Seeing the man in tears, the boy crawled, into the neighbor's lap and just sat there while the man grieved. Later, when he came home, the boy's mom asked her son what he had said to the neighbor for he seemed really comforted. Well, the little boy said this, Nothing. I just helped them cry. Sometimes it's just that. Not having to say something. Not having to put yourself, but understanding the situation. So, What is not love? Love is not envious. Love is not boastful. Love is not arrogant. And number four, our last thing here, love is not rude. Love is not rude. Uh, Take a look at verse five here now. Verse five, it goes on to say, or rude. In other words, love is not rude. Rude means it doesn't behave in an improper manner. It's not impolite. It's not crude. It's not like that. In other words, love is not like insulting. Love is agape, is not blunt or brutal. Uh, in other words, love never seeks to humiliate the other person. Love does not behave, and, and this is what really came to my mind, was love does not behave in an insensitive way to others. William Barclay said this, a commentator: "Love does not behave gracelessly." I like that. God has given us grace; shouldn't we give grace to others? So, love is not rude. Now, again, going back to the context of what was going on in the Corinthian church, you know what was happening is is that they would have these what well is called agape feasts probably heard that before if you study the bible it's a time where they like today partake in communion together but they would also have a big potluck meal and they and they would get together and eat and honor the lord in communion and his death on the cross and all that but paul was on them because it turned into this big party basically where you can eat and gorge yourself and so the rich guys would come in and, and in, in their gluttony, you can say selfish gluttony, they would eat all the food. And when the poor came or they wouldn't leave any for others, they just ate it all. They were so rude in doing that. Oh, Paul's saying, look, you guys, love is not rude. This is what it means to be spiritual, to be godly. It's to have this kind of love. Love is not rude. But, but, you know, you do the opposite. You do the opposite it's of, of what maybe you want to do, but you do the opposite, especially, think about this, when you're treated wrongly. A man was buying a newspaper at a newsstand in, in a big city, and the, the man at the counter, the newsman, was very gruff, discourteous, uh, rudely just shoved the paper into this, this man's face without a smile. The man buying the paper actually smiled back and wished the newsman a nice day. Well, a friend was with them, you know, watching all this. As they walked away, asked the man, hey, does he always treat you like this? Yes, said the man. Well, the friend is like, why are you so polite to him when, he, when he's so rude? And here's what the man said. Because I simply don't want him to decide how I am going to act. I like that. We know that love is an action. Love is a choice. Love is a decision. I mean, I mentioned that last week. The first part, what is love? Love is patient, right? Love is kind. We make that choice in the face of what maybe someone does to us. We, we, we want to love back with the real love. So, so what choice you make, what decision you make when you're treated wrongly, it's important that you're not rude back, that you love with that unconditional love. And and might be hard, because I know some of you grew up like, hey, if someone does that to you, you've got to get back at them. You've got to show them their place. Or you know what, they're going to walk all over you. But is that what God says here? No. You know, I mentioned last week, I think I did, but we'll mention again that, you know, our job is to love. Justice, right? Vengeance, that's God's job. We're going to trust Him for that. But our job is to make the choice to obey and understand and grow in what love really is. We want the Holy Spirit to power us we want to move in the ways of the spirit what's what's the first fruit of the spirit love right so god is working in our life to to get us to that place where god's love in us can give that kind of love even and we're treated in a rude way and i'll tell you what that's when we become a witness That's when we become a light. And that's what I feel God is really calling us to in 2024, to love like this. I mean, time is short. Things are getting more darker. The world is is full of hate and separation. But you know what? We want to be different. We want to show that Jesus is in our lives. Well, we're going to stop here. There's going to be four more things we'll pick up next time in this chapter. Uh, of what love is not next week. Now as we come to a close if you if you think about it right agape love is so opposite of how the world operates it's it's, it's opposite right it's opposite of what we would naturally in our human flesh would do and We are to be dead to our flesh, right? Our flesh is dead in Christ. We are to, we're no longer in bondage. We are to live the new life, our new creation. And so I just want to put in your minds that watch your reactions. Watch your responses. Watch what happens and line it up to what we're learning here. Line it up to what we're studying. And, And I'll tell you, it's easy. It's so much easier to just give into the flesh and do what you do right? I was thinking yesterday how water flows in the path of least resistance, right? Like a stream. That's why a river goes back and forth like this, not in a straight line because it doesn't go uphill. It'll go in the least resistance. And I think sometimes we we live that way. Oh, oh, it's so hard and inconvenient for us to what? Love that person? No, I'm just going to give in to what's easy. But that's not what God is calling us to do. It's easy not to fight the the fleshly actions, the reactions, but God is trying to change what's natural in the flesh to the supernatural, that we will walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. So stop up those leaks, I should say, yeah? Stop them up, you guys, yeah? Try to... Uh, uh, understand this and define inside of you what is love and how am I going to love and what is not love. It's, it's time to be different, you guys. It's time to focus in on this. It's time to go deeper in agape and show the world, show those around us what love is and what love is not. I'll close with this. A Hindu man <clears throat> shared why he started to come to the Christian church. And he explained it this way. He said, see, years ago, as a boy, we harassed a missionary. We threw tomatoes at him while he was sharing the gospel. His response was to wipe off the tomato juice from his face, and then he took us down to the sweet shop and bought us all candy. And so this once Hindu man said, I saw the love of Christ that day, so that's why I am here today so let's learn what love is not and give what agape really is and give the love that touches others let's pray lord thank you for god your word and helping us to see things more clearly of what agape is what that love is that you loved us with and that you're calling us to love others with so lord we are here god surrendered, lord asking you to fill us with that love. As we come to this time of communion, we understand what you have done for us in dying on the cross, Lord, sacrificing yourself, coming from heaven to this earth, Lord, and then to grow up and die <clears throat> on the cross. Lord, that, that's unbelievable to me because you did it for me. You did it for all of us. And so, Lord, help us to love like that. In Jesus' name, amen.